Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Oh, let's do it together right now. He's worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. I wonder if somebody can shout one more time unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. God, we worship you and we praise your name. We worship you and we praise your holy name. What a joy to be in the presence of God tonight. I would invite your attention this evening to the book of Psalms, Psalm 110. And I want to read just one verse of scripture in your hearing by the help of God. Psalm 110 and verse number one. The word of the Lord says this. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach a message tonight simply entitled, The Lord is my Lord. The Lord is my Lord. And if you'll allow me, I just want to take some time tonight to exalt Jesus Christ. I, I, I tell my congregation in Cincinnati all, all the time, I, I'm, it's, I don't so much preach as I do praise. So if you'll allow me just to praise God to you, he's worthy of the praise. The Lord is my Lord. Can we lift up our hands and our voices and our hearts one more time and ask his blessing upon this house? Lord, I thank you for every gathering of people. I thank you for every individual that is in this place. You are worthy of the praise. We thank you for your goodness to us. We worship you and honor you, O King. God, visit us tonight with a holy anointing. Visit us tonight with divine visitation. Allow your word to go forth and the revelation of your great name to come upon us. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to also give honor to all of our pastors here tonight. God bless you and the great work that you are doing. Praise the Lord. This Old Testament verse of Scripture, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. I think that it is worth noting that this verse of Scripture appears numerous times in the New Testament. Both Jesus and his apostles reference these words time and again. In fact, it is of great interest to us that they do so because really the New Testament is an explanation of the Old Testament. All the New Testament really is is just us understanding what God did in the Old Testament in type and shadow and symbolic form. The New Testament is the substance of those things that were symbolized. 
So when Paul preached to the Corinthians, he did not have a book of Corinthians to read from. He preached from the Old Testament. Amen. And when he preached to the Ephesians, he didn't have a book of Ephesians to read from. He preached from the Old Testament. He was introducing Gentile people to Jewish understanding and Jewish law and Jewish visitation from God. And, and he would quote Moses and he would quote David and he would quote Isaiah and he would quote these great prophets of the Old Testament because what they spoke in the Old Testament came to pass in Jesus Christ. All of those promises, all of that goodness, all of that land that flows with milk and honey, all of the peace that you will have with your neighbor, the wolf laying down with the lamb, all of the many blessings and wonders that come from God, all of it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ and is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, if you want peace, you want Jesus. If you want joy, you want Jesus. If you want salvation, that's literally his name. You want Jesus. Hallelujah. And so they would talk about when Moses smote the rock and water flowed from the rock and and Paul would explain that rock was Christ. And they, they would talk about the words of the various prophets. And Jesus explained to the Pharisees one day that he said, you know, you guys, you, you, you think you know the scriptures and you think that in them you have eternal life. Uh, and, and, and he said, but you need to search the scriptures. And that was quite an audacious statement for Jesus to make to the Pharisees because they could quote people under the table. They could quote those scriptures. You ask those Pharisees to quote Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and they could, they could just list it off. They would wrap it around their arms and have it as frontlets between their eyes, and they, they, they knew how to quote the scriptures. And Jesus looks at them and said, search them. Because you might be able to quote them, but you miss the point. Because you think in them you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. Every one of those Old Testament scriptures are talking about Jesus. All of them. Even the judgment and the wrath and the indignation of God that is described in the Old Testament, even that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Why do you think it pleased the Father to bruise him? Because he was the fulfillment of the pain. He was the fulfillment of the promise. He was the fulfillment of all things. Everything is testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 110 verse 1 is no different. So it is repeated throughout the New Testament in the words of Jesus and in the words of the apostles as an explanation of who Jesus is. Jesus used these words of Psalm 110 in Matthew chapter 22. He was, it was on the heels of being questioned, yea, interrogated by Herodians, by Pharisees, by Sadducees, he was absolutely interrogated all in one day. They just, they just, it was like a, 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 an absolute blistering of questions that came to Jesus. And as Jesus is responding to these questions, he's answering with words they never heard before. And they were, they were, the answers came at them and they weren't prepared for them. They marveled at his answers. 
They were astounded by his answers. And then finally, Jesus turned the tables and asked them a question. And the question that he asked them actually put a stop to all their other questions. They never asked him another question for as long as he walked the earth. Because the question he asked them, the answer to it is the answer to every question. This is what he said to them. He said unto them, what think ye of Christ? What do you think of Messiah? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, well, we think that he is the son of David. And he said, I, I, I thought that's what you'd say. How then doth David in spirit, in spirit, in spirit, in spirit. That's how the Old Testament was written. It was written in the spirit, in spirit. How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Jesus said this to them to distinguish himself from all the other sons of David. You call him the son of David, but Christ is more than the son of David because David himself called him the Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. So Jesus used Psalm 110 verse 1 to help us understand that he is more than a son of David, but he is actually the Lord of glory. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 24, the Apostle Paul uses this verse of Scripture when he says, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. Paul uses Psalm 110 verse 1 to help us understand the power of Jesus Christ over death. Jesus used it to say he is not just any old son of David. He is the Lord. Paul used it to explain he is not like other men who die and stay dead. When he died, he died and he rose from the dead. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13, the scripture says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So in Hebrews 1, the writer of Hebrews is using Psalm 110 verse 1 to explain to us that he is not like the angels. There are angels, Gabriel and Michael, the archangel, and there are ministering spirits who minister to the heirs of salvation. And Pastor Bounds just shared with us an example of an angelic visitation that he himself experienced in the airport. And the Bible tells us that we must be kind to strangers, thereby we entertain angels unaware. But the writer of Hebrews wanted us to understand angels are great, but they're not as great as Jesus. He wanted us to understand there's nobody like him. 
He's not just any old son of David. And he's not like one of the angels. Under which of the angels said he at any time, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And he has power over death. He's not like other men who die. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 12 and 13, he said, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. He was distinguishing him from the priests who offer sacrifices once a year, every year. They purified themselves. They separated themselves. They went through all manner of purification efforts. And they would walk into that holy place on the day of atonement. And they would offer sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. But this man, verse 11, every priest standeth daily ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. He's explaining to us the word of God is he's unlike any of the angels. He's greater than the angels. He's unlike any of the other sons of David. He's greater than the sons of David. He's unlike any any of the other priests he is the great high priest he is the most high he is unlike any of the priests who offered sacrifices many times the same sacrifice year after year after year but this man offered sacrifice for sin one time and it was good forever Peter explained to us in Acts chapter 2 as he was preaching the great gospel message in the upper room as he was explaining to them the words of the psalmist David he said in verse number 34 David is not ascended into the heavens but he saith himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool he was not speaking this of himself. Peter said he was speaking it of Christ because he has power over things you don't have power over. He has power over sin. He has power over sickness. He has power over death. He has power over hell. He has power over the grave. He has power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil of victory win? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, how somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. What an understanding that the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at, thou, sit at my right hand 
until I make thine enemies thy footstool. He is not like any of the angels. He is not like any of the priests. He is not like any of the other sons of David. He is not like anybody who has been overcome by death. He has power over death. He has power over hell. He has power over the grave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over and over again, this passage is used by the great writers and the Lord himself to illustrate the kingship and the lordship of Jesus Christ. It put to rest any idea that he may not be who he said he was. They pointed to it and said, David said he is Lord. So before I dive into helping us understand what Psalm 110 verse 1 is really saying, what is it actually saying, let me take a moment and tell you what it is not saying. Because Psalm 110 verse 1 is not saying that there are two persons in the Godhead. When the Bible says, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. It is not referring to a second person in the Godhead. There is only one God. Now, we have to settle that as we go forward to understand Psalm 110, verse 1. We have to settle our understanding because before we read anything in the Word of God that has to do with God, we have to understand this. Hear, O Israel. Let's stop right there. Hear, O Israel. Open up your ears. Open up your mind. Open up your heart. Come away from the cold and the noise come away pastor bound said it he walked away from media for a long period of time come away from the noise of this world so you can hear what i'm going to tell you hear oh israel my chosen people my beloved people my apple of my eye the rose of sharon and the lily of the valley the people that i have called out of darkness the people that I have set free from bondage hear oh Israel the Lord our God is one Lord God wants us to understand something before we try to understand anything else about him he is one Lord don't don't try to figure him out if you don't understand that in itself he is one there is not another there's none beside him he alone is God there isn't a second person there isn't a third person he alone is the Lord uh, he said listen I want you to understand this fully because there's going to come a day when you're going to enter into other cities and they're going to have a pantheon of gods but don't you ever forget there is none beside me here O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord there's going to come a day when people are going to tell you people are going to tell you that there are other gods that there are other deities but, but I want you to hear me now and hear me good the Lord our God is one Lord settle it in your soul and he said 
said, and him only shall you serve. And you shall love him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And you shall teach this diligently unto your children. I want to take a moment here and commend Zanesville for the great Bible quiz program that you have. You inspire people with your Bible quiz program. Thou shalt teach this diligently, not, not haphazardly, not happenstantially, not passively, but diligently. Sit your children down and tell them the story. Tell them that the Lord our God is one Lord. Christ is not divided. He's not divided into two parts. He's not divided into three parts. He is one Lord. He said, I want you to put it as frontlets between your eyes. I want you to wear it upon your right arm. He said, I want you to put it on the doorposts of your home. My mother and father took that literally, and they did that all growing up. They had, they had signs all across our house. You would see the word of the Lord declared in scriptures. You would, we couldn't brush our teeth without reading, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We couldn't eat our Captain Crunch without looking up and seeing, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. We couldn't walk out the front door without reading the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. Pastor Bounds, my mother played cassette tapes of the Bible in our room when we went to bed at night. That's what we fell asleep to. The word of the Lord rehearsed over and over and over in our mind. You talk about it to your children. That's what he said. He said, teach it. And then he said, talk about it. There's a difference. Teaching it is when you are deliberate and you are intentional and you got the chalkboard and you're teaching it. But talking about it is when it's in your passive conversation. You listen, don't let who you are at church be different than who you are at home. Talk about it when you sit down, the Bible says. Talk about it when you get up in the morning. Talk about it before you go to bed at night. Talk about it in your daily conversation. Don't let your conversations be laden with carnality, be overrode with worldliness. No, sir. No, ma'am. God's too good to talk about anything else but him. God is too good to talk about things displeasing to him. Speak of his goodness. Tell, oh my God, I feel like preaching. Walk about Zion. Tell of her bulwarks. Speak of her tower. Yeah. I got the elders. That's what the elders would do. The elders, man, they talked about, they would sigh praise. They would sigh praise. They'd get in the car and they'd, they'd, they'd get in their seat and as they're getting in, they say, oh, thank you, Jesus. They'd grab that little handle up on the roof and pull themselves out. Glory, 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 glory. Get out of the car. 
It's a praise just came every time they moved. They'd walk and say, glory to God. Hallelujah. They didn't have to be in the middle of worship service. They didn't have to be at pre-service prayer. They didn't have to be in an altar call. When they walked up and down the sidewalk, they were praising God. When they walked in and out of their house, they were praising God. They were praising him in the morning. Can I remind somebody that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall come continually be in my mouth. Teach it to your children. Talk of it when you rise up in the morning. Talk about it when you're sitting in your recliner. Talk about it when you're sitting at your kitchen table. Speak of it. Teach it diligently because they're going to go to school and they're going to hear about a lot of other gods and they need to hear that the Lord our God is one Lord. And they're going to they're see media that tells them that any kind of belief is okay and they need to hear, O oh Israel, that the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. Hear what I'm preaching to you today. This message matters. This understanding matters this revelation is everything it's everything he is Lord no 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 see Psalm 110 verse 1 is not saying that there is some other person when it talks about the Lord when it talks about uh, the, the Lord saying unto my Lord sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool you have to understand that that is one God who is performing in two realms heaven and earth hallelujah it is two references to the same God the Lord said unto my Lord Two references to the same God. And this is a common practice of the Lord throughout the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 11. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Hear what he said. There are two references there. I, first reference, even I, second reference, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. So when the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand, there is no Savior beside him. It's still one God operating in two realms. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first first reference and I am the last second reference and beside me there is no God verse 8 of Isaiah 44 fear ye not neither be afraid have I not told thee from that time and have declared it ye are even my witnesses is there a God beside me yea there is no God I know not any hallelujah Isaiah 45 and verse Verse 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse number 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45 and verse 20. 21, tell ye and bring them 
near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God, first reference. And a Savior, second reference. There is none beside me. Verse number 22, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. Verse number nine of Isaiah 46, remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He is God. He is God alone. Hebrews 13, verse number four, Hosea 13, four. Hosea wanted to get in on the action. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Understand what the Lord is saying. He is letting them know, I'm going to be your Savior. I am your Savior, Brother Nutter, and when I come to you as Savior, there are going to be people try to tell you that that's a second person that that's somebody beside me don't listen to them it is I it is I there is no savior beside me Listen, listen, listen. There are a lot of people who love the idea of multiple gods and multiple persons and they can try to they can try to dress it up any way they want to and they'll deny tritheism all day long because they know it is heresy to worship anyone but the Lord God. But when they separate his personage into different beings and entities and persons, that's exactly what they're doing. They're dividing the one true and living God witness after witness in the Old Testament made sure we understood there is one and there is none else there's nobody beside him there's not on the left they're not on the right he's the Lord he's our Savior he's our King he's our Judge he's our Lawgiver he's our Healer Jehovah Jireh the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord is my righteousness. Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord is my sanctification. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah, Jehovah, Elohim, El Shaddai became a man and his name is Jehovah Ashua or Yeshua. Jesus! Which means that Jehovah is all these things. Provider, healer, righteousness, sanctification, shepherd, present. But he's all these things wrapped up into one name. And at that name, every knee shall bow. And at that name, every tongue shall confess. Woo! 
neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved my God that's why if you find yourself in a bad situation, God forbid you find yourself on an icy road with your tires getting out from underneath you and, and, and veering off into an uncontrollable spiral and you're not sure what to do. You don't know if you need God to be a deliverer. You don't know if you need God to be a healer because technically you're not sick yet. You don't know if you need God to be a way maker. You don't know if you need God to be salvation. You don't have to worry about how to call on him. Just call on that one name. For in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. Yes, when he says standing at the right hand of God. Yes, that that is a symbolic reference to the power of God. That's why God explained it and said, no, he's not beside me. That's my right hand of power. I'm the Savior. There's nobody beside me. You're not going to find anybody next to me. I am the Savior. And and, and Pastor, a lot of people have their, their understanding of the love of God conflicted because somebody told them that when push came to shove and when it came down time to do the the excruciating work of Calvary that Father God sent a second person to do the dirty work and it's conflicted whether they know it or not it has conflicted their understanding of the love of God I've come to unravel that in Jesus name because God didn't send anybody to do his dirty work that was God walked on the water that was God who multiplied the loaves and fishes that was God who raised Lazarus from the dead and he wasn't God in the metaphorical sense as in one of several in a committee called the God and no a thousand times no he said if you have seen me you've seen the father he said I and my father are one hallelujah yeah 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 yeah. that was God hey friend without controversy great is the mystery of godliness but we're going to break down the mystery God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world received up in the glory That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Woo! That's Jesus. Yes. Yes. The Lord. First reference said unto my Lord. Second reference. Two references to one God. Hero Israel, the Lord. First reference. Our God. Second reference is one Lord. Hallelujah. But he operates in heaven and in earth. And when he came down to become a man, folks, folks, that changed everything. That changed everything. This is why when the devils hear the one God message, they believe it and they tremble. 
And they have infected so many false doctrines, infected the world with so many false doctrines, trying to create second person, third person, this and that, because they fear the message that the one true living God, the same God that thundered on Mount Sinai, the same God that shut the mouths in Daniel's lonely den, the same God that, hallelujah, that had mercy on Nineveh, the same God that delivered the three Hebrew children out of the fiery furnace, the same God that God became a man and when he did he went from simply being the Lord to being my Lord he always had power his power was great his glory was magnificent. Listen, his glory filled the temple to the point that the priests could not enter to, to, to minister. His glory came down upon the Ark of the Covenant. His glory, his glory burned up the evening sacrifice in Elijah's, Elijah's day on Mount Carmel. His glory was like a holy haze. His glory was at times visible in the most beautiful of ways. But when the shepherds were keeping Keeping their sheep in the fields by night, there appeared unto them the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord said unto them, Unto you this day in the city of David is the Savior born, which is Christ, Messiah, the Lord. And when they revealed to them who Messiah is, those Hebrew shepherds, when their eyes were opened, you know the Bible says that it was one angel. There was an angel that appeared. The angel of the Lord said, Unto you this day in the city of David is Christ the Lord, the Savior born in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. Yes, he's born. When their eyes were opened as to who the Messiah is, the Bible said that all of a sudden there appeared with them a heavenly host. So the heavens were filled with the angels of God. Why? Because they got the revelation of who the Christ is. When you understand who the Christ is, you start seeing more than you've ever seen before. And the whole heavens were filled with the heavenly host of God. And this is what they were saying. Glory to God in the Oh yeah, you know about the glory of God. The glory of God that filled the temple. The glory of God that filled the holy place. The glory of God that settled upon Mount Sinai. The glory of God that appeared in the burning bush. The glory of God here and there and there and here. But you've never seen it like you're about to see it. You're about to see the highest glory of Almighty God. You're about to see God. God manifest in the flesh. I'm going to tell you something. He is great. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency. 
Listen, listen. He binded the waters in his garments. Yes, he stretcheth the north over the empty place. He hangs the earth upon nothing. The greatness of God is indisputable. But I'm going to tell you something else about him, and this is the greatest glory you'll ever know. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He's not just the Lord. He's my Lord. He's not just great. He's good. Somebody lift your hands to him right now in this house. Somebody lift your hands to him right now in this house. God wants to touch somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, oh, glory. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stand with me if you will. Stand with me if you will. The Lord is my strength and song. He is become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him an habitation. My Father's God. And I will exalt him. Listen to this messianic prophecy of God becoming a man. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots, his host, have he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. This is a reference to Jesus to come. And when Moses stretched out his rod over the Red Sea, this is what the Lord told him, Pastor Bounds. He said this to him. He said, stretch out thy rod over the sea. And Moses was prepared to do so. When the children of Israel said, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's just give up. They'll kill us when they catch us. This is what Moses said. He said, stand still and see the salvation of Jehovah we know how that translates it simply means Jesus stand still and see Jesus you're getting ready to see something today that the whole world will see one day you're going to see these waters part and if you'll go down into these waters and come up on the other side You'll look back over these waters and all of your enemies will be cast into the sea. When you were baptized into Jesus Christ, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> when I went down into those waters, I was guilty. I was full of sin and shame. I was full of strife and uncleanness. But when I went down into those waters, Joel Urshan died and all of, the, all of the sin associated with that name died. And when I came up from that watery grave, I had a new name on me, the name of Jesus Christ. And with it comes all of his innocence and all of his blamelessness and all of his purity. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and Moses said, if you'll go, go through these waters and you're going to see Jesus when you come up on the other side. Who has been your taskmaster? 
Who has held you in slavery and in bondage? When you go down into the waters in Jesus' name, hallelujah, and you come up out of those waters, I want you to know that those old sins, they lose their power. The horse and the rider hath he cast into the sea. The Lord is my Lord. The Lord is my Lord. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in other tongues. How many know what I'm saying is true today? Somebody lift up your voice and give him praise right now. Somebody lift up your voice and give him praise. Ha <laughs> I want somebody who just wants Jesus. I want you to come forward. If you just, I just, I want somebody that just really wants to love Jesus. Come on, somebody who appreciates. Come on, that's it. If this is your first time, that's great. If you've been here for 30 years, that's great. Just come. Somebody that really wants to love Jesus. He is my Lord. He became like me so I can become like him. He became a man so I can be a son of God. He became the son of God so I can be a son of God. Uh, Glory. Here's what I want us to do right now. Here's what I want us to do. The Bible says this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is what I want us to do all across this house. I want us to thank him with all of our hearts. I want you to start counting your blessings, naming them one by one. Come on, that's it right now. I'm talking about stuff you haven't thanked him for ever. Thank him for every blessing right now. Come on, pour out your gratitude to God right now. This is how you enter into the gates of God. (laughs) This is how you enter into the gates of God. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.